Hi, how are you? Welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. I'm Sarah, and I created this podcast because I wanted to reach out and chat to inspiring people in my life and share their story with you. I also low-key just wanted an excuse to chat to some of my favorite people, so there's that as well. This week's guest is Jillian Walchuk. I met Jillian in an acting class when I first moved to Vancouver and then ended up taking her class, and the rest is history. She's helped coach me on some of my biggest auditions and is a total boss babe, so I am stoked that she's my first guest for my first ever podcast. In this episode, we talk to Jillian about her journey so far as an actress with a funny Ryan Reynolds story, being a mom, mindset as a creative, and social media no-goes. So sit down, grab a coffee, and enjoy! Welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. You're my first guest for me. So yeah. exciting. Okay, so basically, I just want you to kind of introduce uh, yourself to the world. So I guess just introduce your acting journey um, till now. And you have to tell the Ryan Reynolds story because everyone needs to hear this. And okay, yeah, it's funny. Um, okay, so my name's Jillian Walchuk. I've been a Vancouver actor for 10 years now, which is like crazy. I'm going on my ninth year of teaching. So I'm like, that's why I'm like covering this hair. Let's get some blonde and some more Botox in there. Um, but okay, so let me think. So I'm originally from Saskatchewan and being an actor is not like an option in a small town. So I didn't, that's not necessarily my childhood dream because I just didn't think that that was a real option to pay your bills. You know what I mean? So I grew up as a dancer and I think that element of being like live on stage was something that when I finished dancing, I really was like grieving, like I miss performance. So I did the normal thing, like the normal. After high school, I went to university. um, And during that time I had just been a model with the edge so like in saskatchewan i was like found in a mall you know what i mean so like it's not like it is modeling but it's like it was like nothing serious you know what i mean and it was like modeling for dishwashers um and so i was like okay great and at the time my agent sent me this like request and she goes do you want to go to this edition in regina and i remember being like i don't really want to like this is not something i'm interested in when you go to a model call i don't know if anyone else is a model that's listening um you just stand there so you like show up you stand there they take pictures of you and you leave so you hand them a comp like you don't talk it's not about your personality um and so like the fact that there was like lines attached to this and stuff i was like oh Um, and so I went to the audition and I remember like it was talking about sex in the audition and it was a girl that I was reading with and it's, you're supposed to be flirting with this boy. And I just like, didn't understand the reader dynamic. Like I didn't understand why it was written for a boy, but a girl was reading like, that's how green I was. Like I didn't know. Um, and so I kind of did the audition. I didn't memorize it. Like all the things that I would just roll over, like I'd be like screaming if a new actor told me they did this, but I just like didn't know. Um, and luckily Brenda McCormick in, in Saskatchewan was the only casting director and was like, okay, she'll get better. Um, so after that, I went back and I, I told my roommates like, no more, I don't wanna do that, I don't like that, that wasn't for me. Um, and then after that, I got a call back and 
so my agent was like, can you please memorize the lines? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll memorize them. <laughs> um, and I remember the director was like super fun. And I think like now in my 30s, I know why I booked that. It's not because I was the best. Like I had no <laughs> freaking idea what I was doing, but I was myself and I was relaxed. And I mean, for my entire 20s, I had to like retrain myself of what that magic I found in that first original edition because the second you let the nerves or booking the job take over, you're not booking the job, you know? So um, after that, I like went back home and I didn't think it went well. Like I wasn't like, yes, that was amazing. I was just like, hey, it's very, I don't like this. Um, and then my agent was like, hey, you're gonna be going to Regina. Um, you're gonna stay at a hotel. You're filming for these days. I was like, what the heck? And I got the script. Now, the actor that I was, I didn't know to like research the script or figure out where my scenes were or like, I didn't know anything that like you have to know. Um, so I just went to set and then I remember they called me down for blocking and I was like, oh, okay, what's blocking? Like I actually didn't even know, but I get in the elevator and then Ryan Reynolds was in there with Alanis Morissette and they had like these two chihuahuas and I was just like this, and he wasn't like as famous as he is now, but he was still quite famous. Um, and so we went to set and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so, like I just was such a fish out of water. So I asked him before we started rolling, I was like, do I look in the camera? And he's like, no. Like he just couldn't handle that I had no idea. And he was so lovely. He was so gracious. He like gave me lines to improv with. And I think in that very day, I, uh, my parents know this, I was like, and now this is going to be my new career. Um, because I think like I had just been so anorexic and so like, I don't know, like planning, living in the future, essentially, and not in the present moment. But that day, I was so present. And essentially, long story short, like that's what being an actor is, is doing all the work and then being present. And luckily, in that case, I did no work. And I was just randomly present because I was like shell shock. Um, so after that, and this is so long, then I moved to Vancouver. And I went to Vancouver Film School. And I met my mentor there, uh, Andrew McRoy, and I just was like, this man, he called me on all, can I swear on this or no? Sure, go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. He called me on like all my bullshit. Like he was just like, you sound like a Laguna Beach Barbie. Like I'd be like, hi, my name's Jillian. He was like, you're not going to work if you're going to talk in that voice. So essentially, like it was hard. I had about seven years with Andrew that were not enjoyable. Like he would literally be like, I think you should quit acting. And I'd be like, probably. Um, because he just was so honest. But I feel like that's why I stayed with, and that's why I'm still like always going back to him because he just knew that this industry is so hard um I would never lie to any new actor and say it's a you know that you're just gonna even if you made it tomorrow on a Netflix show it still is an industry that is not like simple or easy or like there's no like right way if that makes sense so um but from there I just have continued to train and train and train and line up a team of women that I believe we have the same goal for my career. And then also I have like a very few amount of actors, but very close actors um, that I can call on because you really are alone in this career. They don't tell you this, but it's just you. Like no one else is 
I mean, it's your business, you know? So if you don't have those people that you can be like, oh my gosh, I really messed up that edition. Cause it feels like your whole world's crumbling when that happens. Um, and it's not like it, but only another actor would be like, I get it. I've been there. So, oh, and then now I'm a mom. And yeah. that I think took like a, a crazy toll on my career in a good and bad way. Um, I think I was like a nightmare for six months for casting, like not knowing my lines, just back to my normal, like in the beginning of my career, I was just so tired and yeah. I just felt like so, um, like the, the industry itself, it's not like it was like, okay, you had a baby and now like, it was just like, you're back. Um, and I really was like figuring out like mental health issues and all that stuff. But now I figure like, I think my actor or, or my acting has been enhanced by um, like letting life t do things to me, if that makes sense, like topple me down and, and looking at them in therapy or wherever I um, go and investigate those things in myself to show up as a better actor. So yes, now I teach yeah. and work as an actor. Long story short, that's surprise. That's my whole career. There you go. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to ask you because obviously being a mom in this industry and when that happened for you, I mean, did like what, how did that change for you? Like, where were you at your career before that happened? And then I guess when that did happen, you know, how so, did that Yeah, that's such a good question. It's so relevant. I think, so I had pushed really hard before I got pregnant. It's kind of funny how these things work out. And I had just booked a couple things um, and I was so excited. And I actually got released from a really big project at about seven months pregnant. Now, I don't know if it was because I was pregnant or what, you never know what goes into those things. But in my head, I was like, they know, um, obviously you cost more for insurance, like all that stuff. So I think I felt like I had momentum, but you can't really like as an actor, it's like, okay, you could be up here and then here in two seconds. And there's no rhyme or reason for something like that. But I did feel a sense of momentum. And because Vancouver is a small community, you know, once you're working with one casting director, then you can book with the other one. Like that's very possible. Um, and so once I had Arctic, I really felt like I needed to come back. So like at two weeks, I was like, yes, Pam is my commercial agent. Like pump her up. She is the best, but she put me on set at, you know, I was two weeks wearing a diaper, um, filming this, this Pampers commercial. And then at six months, um, I was filming a Hallmark and I, my like, breast milk was like coming through my costume. So I think I just pushed so hard and I didn't let myself go, you know what, you've gone through a massive transformation. And I was so afraid to not be relevant with Vancouver casting that I just like pushed. Um, but I learned like, obviously it's now I'm back in that same place right before quarantine. I had a lot of momentum, you know, um, and then when quarantine hit, instead of being so devastated the way I was when I had my child, I was like, no, this is going to shape you, right? So like, take this time to grow as a person, because essentially as an actor, that's like, that's the magic. It's not those acting classes that make you a better actor. It's like your life and being able to bring that to, to your class, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it, it's just been like enhanced now because I understand what a mom is. And like when I approach roles, I also don't do as much work as I used to do on the text. Cause I just can't, it doesn't yeah. mean I'm not like thoughtful or doing all of the text analysis. It just means that I let go a little bit. And essentially that's a lesson all actors have to learn is like when you let go, that's where the magic happens, even though it feels worse, if that makes sense. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I guess, did you also find in terms of, you know, what roles you were going out for after you became a mom? Did like, did you find that casting saw you differently or even your agents? Or are you kind of just like, no, like, do you, yeah. How did, did that affect anything? Or it was just the same? I, no, I think like for commercials, obviously. Oh, her yes. Show oh, her show sucked. Okay, bring me the iPad. Okay. This is like the real mom life. Okay. Um, <laughs> in terms of like, um, what casting sees me as, like, yeah. I feel like in my twenties, I was a bit of a disaster. Like I trained at all different places. I had all different sort of things going on in my brain. Um, and I just like was doing a lot of self work. And until that work is done, you actually can't show up as yourself. So I think casting has been so amazing. Like I remember with Corinne and Heike having Arctic in like the, um, car seat in the addition room with me and Heike was like that's fine Jill and like they're a really big casting director in town but they are just like you know what if you show up and you do good work that's all that they want right they just want you to make their job easier and they understand sometimes life would just be so crazy that that's the state that I was showing up in and they're like we're good um, and in terms of my agents like I recently made changes when I had Arctic I really like knew what I wanted um, and and these the girls that I have on my team right now are all moms um, and so they all get it and they like laugh and they know and they've just all been so supportive of my career and I think that has been like a huge shift for me since I had Arctic is just having the right team of ladies um, to build my career with no I agree and I think that ties in I guess like if we talk about mindset going into that um, cause it's so hard and I know people listening are probably also creatives and you, you know, you're right. I guess it's, it's harder in this industry because you do put all this hard work in, but you're not working toward an end goal that you know is going to happen. So like, you know, I can be creating all these like skits and stuff and posting them, but there's no end goal of like, why, except for I'm just working on my craft. So, I mean, what does mindset as an actor mean for you? And I guess, what's your journey with that? Because I know- In terms of mindset, like, okay, so I just don't let myself ha stay negative for too long because then that's the only thing that you're attracting. So like, I'm not a crazy, like, I'll still be super sad if I was, you know, pinned for something or an addition goes wrong um, or I don't get in the room for something I really want to go for. Like, I'm still human. I'm still going to feel those emotions but I don't like to sit in them, if that makes sense. So if you're sitting, you know, if you're worried about um, something that didn't go your way, let's say you're a pin for something and you're like, oh, I really wish I would have booked that role, but you're not allowing yourself to be present the next day and see what comes to you and see like what you could actually do the next day in the edition room and you're still living on that bad edition, well, then you're not going to book it. You know what I mean? So I just think it's super important to reset every morning and go, okay, today's a new day. These are choices I'm going to make. And as long as I'm like prepared, I've rehearsed it. And then I go live and I'm my authentic self in there. Then I just let it go because there's no sense in holding onto it and you never know what big opportunities around the corner. So it's just not staying stuck in those like negative thoughts. I also think teaching has been very helpful for my mindset because, you know, and also when I was a reader for Marine, I just, I got to see like the other side of things. And I was like, 
okay, it's really not personal. Like a lot, I mean, you have to do the work. You have to still be a good actor. There is that part, but it's not personal in terms of who gets the job. So letting go of that pressure and then just showing up as your authentic self, I think is the best you can, you can do. Um, and then I recently took a voice class. So I started voice acting and Rona was my teacher and she taught me, it's like called champion or critic like who's on your shoulder um yeah. and in terms yeah you know this um in terms of like feedback so if your acting coach is giving you feedback or casting is giving you feedback or your agent all these people want you to win right so instead of the redirect and then like the critic showing up and being like oh man you should have saw that in the script or the agent saying oh maybe retape it i think it's da 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 instead of that negative talk starting it's like that champion pops in and you're like another chance to do it great like and then you're just so much easier to work with same thing when you're on set the stakes are high people are their energy sometimes can be you know a lot depending on how the director's plate is or what's going on for that lead actor but being able to like wrap yourself in positivity and just do your job and not be affected by their energy is like a really huge thing and to, if the director wants it a different way not shutting down like rising to the occasion so it's all about like what rona said is like having that champion and i just check in throughout the day like who's talking to me because it's ultimately like you're in charge of your own mind don't let it be telling you negative stories all day long because look at where your life's gonna end up like you're not gonna get to the place and if you really study like actors who have made it and that's one of my favorite things to do you know I'm always listening to podcasts yeah, yeah and like and you know Bradley Cooper's that's one that we just listened to when we were driving home and he was just constantly reiterating like what father had did for him and his mindset like having a meditation practice, like there's no way you can be an actor and take all this rejection and not feel something, right? Because we're, you're trained to be so sensitive. Like there's days where I'm just like bawling or like something happens, you know, and we're just like way, I'm just like way, way, way too sensitive. But it's knowing that that's like part of the beautiful thing about being an actor, but you're also a business. So you can't be like this crying, sad, rejected mess because who's gonna wanna work with that? Like nobody. Yeah. So that's essentially my mindset in a, in a nutshell, just constantly resetting my vibration and making sure I'm attracting positivity. Yeah, I think, and I think that's something I know, especially when I watch like other actors and yeah, like I agree with you, like you said, it, you know, definitely having your, in your script analysis, having that down. But I think what stops a lot of people, and I know it's definitely stopped me, um, is the whole mindset thing because you know every day we're dealing with rejection and we're dealing with you know just people telling us you're not good enough but you know I think at the end of the day and I think you agree you ha you do just have to like literally champion yourself like you said and that's so important but it's it's I think what people don't realize is it's a lifelong process right like, oh you yeah don't do it overnight <laughs> No, and it's not even about reading acting books or like being an acting class. Like this is beyond, this is like your soul work, right? So like to show up as a good actor, like you gotta like yourself and you gotta be comfortable with like opening those doors that are not so beautiful, that are quite ugly, that are like sides of you that you hide. You know what I mean? And so it's really like living in that mess and getting really comfortable with it because your vulnerability is what, they want you know like casting loves when you're like in an awkward situation for real in the scene like there has to be tension in the scene so if you're just like everything's all good i'll never show you anything you're just a surface actor you don't have any depth so it's yeah. just all that like self work is the work of being an actor like so often they'll be like 
what acting book should I read? Like, what class should I take? And I'm like, go do a yoga class, go to Bali when you can. And like, go like, just be alone with yourself and see what that does for you and what that teaches you as an actor, because that is the work. Like, it's crazy. Yes, you need to know text analysis. Like I'll scream it down your throat every time you take my class. But if you're not like comfortable being you, then you can't show up as, as the best version of yourself in the, especially with addition nerves. Like you're going to default to a different version of yourself unless you train yourself to live in that mess, you know? Oh yeah, it's so true. And the room can read that, which is something I've learned. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure you can relate. There's a time when I think, and I feel like every actor definitely goes through this where you are thinking purely on, I have to book this. Oh my God, what are they thinking of me? And like, you don't realize it in the moment, but yeah, you definitely go into the room and it reads like that. And, you know, I think back and I'm like, yeah, casting was literally looking at me going, oh God, she, oh, she just, this is why we don't want her. And then I'm here like, why don't they want me? I'm amazing, but I'm not because I'm literally like desperate. So I think that's so fascinating. But I guess, do you have any, like go to like a little tip for people who want to get started on mindset figuring, you know. Yeah. Okay. So for mindset, I mean, Esther Hicks is one of my favorite people to listen to in terms of vibration and making sure that your mindset is positive. Um, I think it's just like getting really real with yourself and like in terms of mindset, this is just practical as, as, as an actor, you have to have another job. And I would suggest that it's not something that you hate. Um, because that will filter into your mindset. So like on the daily basis, you're going to be asked to audition here, there, everywhere. And you need to be able to drop things and show up to these places and be present. Um, and so if you have a job that's literally draining your life force, which I hear from so many actors, then guess what? You can't just put that away and expect to show up as your best self in the audition room. So I think it's really lining up your life to fit in your acting life. So like, I love to teach. Like I honestly, sometimes when I teach three hours, I'm just like, I just talk for three hours. Like what? Um, Like I really do love it. It is work obviously, but it's like, it's work that fulfills me. So Mm -hmm. I find that that also is helpful is like having a second job that doesn't make you like just a miserable human being because bottom line is like, you already have to be okay in your real life without the job. Right. Like if you go into the audition room and you need the job, then they feel it like what you talked about. So it's going in. And like for me, it's never about the the job at this point, because I know Vancouver is so small and there's only really seven casting directors, eight, maybe. Um, So I'm just like, I just want to book the room. I want that casting director to go, okay, she's not right for this. Or like maybe she had an off day, but like they know that I'm going to show up. I'm going to be off book. I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to be making choices that honor the script and make them look good. Cause that's like, casting is not against you. I've done enough casting director workshops where they're just like, please, like we've chose you to come in out of 200 submissions. You're this, you know, we're only seeing seven people today. Just please do a good job. That's all they want. You know, they're not here to test you or be like, do you know your, you know, they're just like, please show up as the character, do a good job. And let's both win the day. You know what I mean? So it's just reminding yourself before you walk in the room that they're on your side. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like if anyone gets anything out of this podcast, it is that. Because honestly, like, and I kind of think if people don't get that through their head, like, they really shouldn't be acting. Because I I mean, you know what I mean? Like, how many times? 
And I mean, I've been, you know, all the LA casting directors are all on Instagram now, wild. Um, there's so many of them. And, but they all do say the same thing. Like, you know, actors are like, so um, like, what do you, what do you want in the room? And they're like, just be you. Like, just, just do you whatever that is do it. yeah and we pivoted yeah. i think like in my 10 years of being an actor when i first started there was so much more character work that i was doing if that makes sense um but because we talk on these things all the time and we see people on reality tv and we the bachelor makes more money than any you know box office hit um yeah there's a, we're paying because we know that they're, those are their real emotions. Right. So we're watching it and like, yeah, it's scripted and all these things, but like those, those people are not actors. They're just like, Oh my gosh, they're like fish out of water, like having all these emotions on camera. So we're at a place where now we, if we see like any bullshit in the acting, we're like, Nope, don't like it. Um, and casting's the same, right? We're just like, please bring yourself to this character because no one else can do that. So even if the character description is like, that's it. That's it. And I'm like, Oh, that's not Jillian. I find a way to bring me to that character because I might not book that character, but at least I have like an essence of myself in there. And then I'm like so much more emotionally attached to that character. And like everything just aligns so much better because no one else can do it like that. Oh yeah. And I guess also another thing is there's so much, which is frustrating, but there's so much that is literally just out of our control because I think we forget it's a business and you know, there, which is, I always forget that because I always get really personal, like about auditions. And I'm like, oh, like, why? Like, I'm perfect. And then, you know, you watch the show and then you see the person that booked it and you're like, oh, they were blonde. <laughs> they really wanted a blonde. And I am not that. So, yeah. And it's just being comfortable. Like, I'm not that. But when it's my turn, like, when it's my role, it's going to be my role. Like, no one else will be able to do it, you know? So I think it's just, like, waiting for that and keeping – and just showing up for casting and casting going, yes, I can rely on her. Like, let's just bring her in. Let's Even if she's the wild card, let's bring her in. And that's what you're working towards. You're not working towards booking the role because, like, you might have the wrong hair color. You might be too tall. You might have the wrong eye color. Like, you might just, like – something is off that doesn't fit with like, oh, the, the other character looks too similar to you. Like those, you have no control of, over any of that. So yeah, it's for me, it's booking that room again and again and again for casting to grow. And like, I hope when I'm 80 that they're still seeing me and I'm like playing like Moira. <laughs> and like, they put me in a wig. Um, you know, that's what I hope is just like, I, you know, they forgave me for my horrible twenties with them. And hopefully now they're liking me more in my thirties. <laughs> They will. You're doing amazing. Like, every time you do your thing, it's, I, like, I'm literally, like, always in awe of you. I'm just, like, how does she do that? Oh, God. It's been a process. <laughs> Trust me. It has not been. There's so many times I want to just quit acting, like, every couple months. I'm, like, and it's done. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> it's just so hard, you know? Like, I, even though I've told you, like, it's all so whatever. Like, it's a hard, hard profession. So it's just making sure you love it and you're in it for the right reasons, I think. Yeah. And, you know, always going back to the craft. I think mm -hmm. it's well. Um, yeah, like you said, going, just do it because you love it, not because you want, you know, you know, to be on that show or whatever. I mean, that's part of it. You gotta have dreams. You have to have, yeah. I'm like, please, please put me on. Shit's creak even though it's done. You know what I mean? Like, of course you have to have dreams. Um, but I think it's like, you have to really already love your life so that the acting is just like a blessing because or else that desperation just 
goes through everything and that negativity cuts through everything. Um, I guess now I want to quickly touch on, because you're also really good at social media. <laughs> I feel like the world needs to know this. Um, I guess quickly, do you have any for actors? Because, you know, social media is becoming a thing. And I guess with COVID, everything's online now. So, you know, casting is looking at people's social media. Do you have any, like, quick fire no-goes? Um, in terms of your social media, like, I find it so obnoxious when you're just like, I'm on my way to an audition, I book this. But there's fun ways to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's out of, like, desperation. We're all like, please, I want to be busy, and I totally get that. So, like, you know, if you wear funny shoes to the audition that are, like, the character shoes and not your shoes, like, maybe snapping a picture of that after the audition. So, like, don't let social media get in the way of the work, right? Like, you want to be present. Like, when I'm waiting in the waiting room, not for commercial I'm just like doing whatever because um, God bless commercials, but I'm just showing up as me. Um, but when for, it's for film and TV, like I put my phone down or else I'm a headphones in and I just like there's no social media before I pop into the edition room because that's like a sacred you know, two minutes that you're in there. So just don't blow it by letting like some text come and get in your brain and affect the way that you show up. But in terms of like making sure your social media is, is good for casting. I mean, I think until you have a million followers a network isn't going to care that much um, in terms of like how you, it, if like you were a good actor and so was another actor, but they had a million followers, maybe they would get it because obviously fan base says something. So I think it's preparing yourself for that fan base is like, let's say you shoot a show, it's a CW, that's a massive network, you know, there's a massive fan base. So get those photos, not in an obnoxious way, like, you know, a fun photo in your trailer, maybe a photo with the leads at the end, if that's comfortable, if that's something that organically happens, save them. Um, because you don't want to put anything out there, because you're probably going to sign an NDA. Um, so you'll put something out when the show airs, and slowly put it on Twitter and slowly put it on your Instagram, and let that fan base come to you because I mean you've done the work and then now you need to tell the fans that you're on this show right so I think there's a way to like save up your photos from that showing bloopers is so much fun uh, in terms of scene work and you know just being super helpful so if you're going to share acting stuff on social media instead of it being like a brag let it be helpful so if you're like oh um, today I realized when I memorized this if I Da, 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 it comes out easier, whatever it is for you, like a trick, then that's helpful to your acting community. And then you become a resource and not just someone that's being like, new headshots, book this at this edition. Like that's obnoxious, right? Um, yeah. And also if you're a busy actor, you just don't have time to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so you just need to prioritize like the way that you're going to spend your time on social media to be an actor that is resourceful for someone as opposed to annoying. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel that. I mean, this might be, I don't know if I'm going to offend anyone out there, whatever. But yeah, I think there's a lot of, like you said that, like if you're busy and you're a working actor, you don't have time about your booking. Like, you know. And it's so exciting to book something. Like I totally get so excited yeah. when people share it and maybe your agent could share it and then you can share it. Like there's ways to go about this, but remember that for every time you book something, there's 10 actors who didn't. And so just being like mindful that like we're all in it together. It's a really, really small community. But if you booked it, it doesn't mean they did anything wrong. It just means you're right for the job. So I think it's just like, oh my gosh, like you're so excited. Maybe get your agent to share it or like share it with your close friends. And then when you are on set, use it as a business. 
Like make sure that it's on your IMDb and make sure that it's, you've updated your casting workbook and your actor's access and your resume and that you have those images so that the fans, because the fans are going to care about the leads, right? So if you have a picture with the lead and you're like, had the best time on X show, hashtag the show, um, and then you're going to get those fans and that's going to help you build your social media following for when you are up for those, when you do have a million followers and it determines, you know, your Netflix role or whatever it is work, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do some random questions. Okay. Um, so let's start with, okay, I guess who would be celebrity best friend? My celebrity best friend, Meryl Streep. <laughs> Oh, why? Oh, that's such a, I do you know, I didn't even picture you saying that. Like, <laughs> I just, okay. So when I watched the devil wears Prada and I, uh, when I saw that, like, I know she's playing the Vogue editor. I know it's not Meryl Streep. Um, but when I watched Meryl Streep talk, like there was this one interview she did and she was like the guy beside her. I can't remember which actor it was. It's a big one. And he was like, I was so nervous to work with you. And she was like, Oh, I fucked up the line on the first day. What are you talking about? Like, she's just, even though she's like the queen, she's so the reason she's the queen of acting is like, she is the most authentic in every interview. And I just feel like are her and Jane Fonda, like the old souls are like, Oh, I also really love Catherine O'Hara, like all three of those ladies. Um, like, I feel like I'm an 80 year old inside. Like I would just love to sit with Jane Fonda and just like talk to her because those women, like they've been through the industry and they show up and they like make change and they have things that they're very passionate about. So like any of them, that would be my favorite. Like that'd be, those would be my best friends. So then following on, if you could ask any celebrity to have dinner with, who would it be? Meryl but only Meryl, Meryl Streep. Yeah. You're still staying strong with that? Yeah, of course. I, would just, I don't even know that I could talk. That's also like the other problem is I would just be like, so it's like, I, I don't really get starstruck with like that type of person. I would be like, it'd be a problem. Um, okay. What's a trait that you dislike in other people? Mm, I think neediness. I so like as a Leo, that's like my, my star sign. It's like I'm very efficient as myself. So like I, I can do everything on my own. And sometimes that's at a fault, right? Like I'll, I won't ask for help. But like, if you're not willing to open Google, like if I'm your Google, then I find that that's like, you're not resourceful, like you're not willing to put in the work. So then why would I put the work into you? Does that make sense? 100%. Like that's just yeah. from an acting like, that's an actor trait that I find it's like you have to be responsible for your own research, your own process, because I can't build that for you. Yeah. So, but if you yeah. come to me and you're fully researched and you're fully ready to go, then I'm so excited to work with you. But I'm very bogged down if you come to me and you can't, you're, you're like, I don't know who the director is. I'm not sure what tone of the show it is. I'm like, then I can't coach you. Sorry. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I mean, it's so true, though. And I, I don't, I mean, even just basic script analysis, I don't know how actors do things and they'll read a script like in class and they're like, so what's this about? And you're and they're like, I don't know. I just like, I'm feeling it. No, please stop and leave. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's not respecting the fact that this is a craft and there is a part of it that is hard work and you need to, um, you need to honor that writing and this, it goes back. Like this is not a brand new craft that we're exploring here. So if you're not willing to dive in and understand what you're getting yourself into, then like, I find it's really hard to coach you. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, and what is something you tell your younger self? Oh, that's so good. You're welcome. 
I know. Um, hmm. It can be a few things. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, realistically, I'm, like, happy with the journey that I went on. But just to know that it's going to work out. And when things are really hard, to pivot. Like, to not get, like, so, you know, like, I think I was really in one direction for a long time. And just know that you sometimes have to, like, switch things up a little bit. Or, like, just be comfortable with the, the way you think things are going to go. They're not. Yeah. So like no, letting go of, of, of the outcome and enjoying the process a little bit more, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Oh, um, Bailey asked a good question. She said, oh, yes, she how do you uh, think it's going to change after the pandemic? So, I mean, I, I have done casting director workshops, obviously. That's one thing that I find super valuable in Vancouver is like, instead of two seconds with casting, I have two hours. Um, and then they just see you as a real person. You know what I mean? Like so often the nerves are stacked against you and you're walking into this crazy atmosphere. And I just want them to know, like, I'm here to do the work. I'm chill and I'm going to show up as my best self. So I loved taking them. So what they've said is that it's going to be way more self-tapes. So the at-home yeah, studio, so you need yeah. to invest in that. You need to be able to make all your work at home. Um, and then your Zoom callback. I actually did uh, one with Judy Lee, and I think it's great. I felt like I was in the casting room. You just pin your reader on Zoom. So that's the only person that you see. You take off your camera. Everyone else's cameras are off. So it's kind of even better than like a network callback where everyone's there. And it's just you and the reader. So it's making sure you have the right eye line ahead of time. Um, and then I was like in the comfort of my home. The only thing I, I had to get Arctic to leave the house with my husband because I was like, I just really like with the stakes of, of, of being in front of casting, I didn't want her to be screaming in it. So that's, I guess, like a new thing, but being able to do those zoom callbacks, like clearly, like really practicing that now, because when the nerves, when there's no nerves, setting up an eye line and doing a callback and doing a whole edition is chill when it's like, okay, Netflix is on the line. You can't be like, I can't pin the video or like, I don't know where to look. Like, I don't have my lighting set up. No, 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 no. Like, figure all that out before we ever come back to production. That's what my biggest thing would be. Um, and then I think sets will change. Like, all of the rules will change. They'll have, like, really strict safety, um, per, like, precautions set up for us. So it will be a safe environment, like whether you quarantine with the whole cast at a hotel or whatever that's going to look like. Um, but I know like the BC film industry will be one of the first back. So it's a great opportunity for us to like level up. Usually you don't get to go for one or two, but if they can't fly in from LA, then you're going to like, you know, from a principal actor to supporting is, po is a possibility. So I think it's just being like smart and making sure you have it just taken all of this time off like um you know finding different ways whether you you don't have to like go pay for a crazy expensive class but you do need to like exercise that muscle so the first time you're exercising it isn't in front of netflix if that makes sense yeah 100 mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be really i think it's gonna be good i mean i know it's a crazy time we're in but i'm actually kind of excited i don't know if that's an unpopular opinion um no and, that's nice that's great yeah. why not yeah and I think it's, I think it's also going to be great. And I know with Bailey, we have to discuss this briefly, but the whole self tape thing um, and it moving forward that way is actually kind of nice, especially for, you know, I, like I work in retail and it's a, it's struggle street trying to like figure out my life and my shift changes and then, you know, coverage. Whereas like now with self tapes, you know, what you have like a day turnaround, I can like go to my shift, I can come home, have my studio set up, do my tape and it's done. And I don't have to figure out 
Oh my God. Oh, 100%. And it's just setting those really strict boundaries with taping. Like, just tape it two to three times max. Don't let it get stale. Like, treat it like it's a real edition and you'll show up, you know, in the best version of yourself. So it's just like adjusting to the new way we're going to do things. Yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm really mm -hmm. excited. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have one last question for you. Uh, so, one last question for everyone. Describe yourself in three words. Uh, sassy. <laughs> determined yeah, maybe like uh, aggressive sassy <laughs> <laughs> determined and aggressive a little bit aggressive <laughs> but that's like mostly me as an acting like I'm thinking of it in acting terms like there there's a part of me I'm not like really that aggressive in my real life but I've yeah. learned like you got to fight for this career like so I'm just gonna happen for you you know what I mean like I've had to have really difficult conversations with my agents that make me like sweat I'm like dying I don't want to say these things but every time I put myself out there and I ask for what I want like it comes back to me so I've learned like over the years like from other actors when they like are not afraid to ask for what they want, then it happens for them. So I'm like, I gotta get better at this, at, at communicating what I want. Yeah, I love that. Well, yeah, well, um, Instagram's about to tell me that's gonna kick me off soon, so. Okay. Oh my God, I didn't know that it does that, great. Yep. Been here for like almost an hour, Jillian. We did exciting. good, we did, did it. so good. Congrats <laughs> on your first podcast, girl. Thank you for being here. Um, so yeah, thank you to everyone that joined in on this Instagram live and said hi um that's awesome thank you for supporting and this episode will be up on friday on spotify dear god i can't believe it's gonna be forever i hope i didn't say anything bad we'll find out i, I have editing skills i'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> okay it was so much fun thank yeah. you thank you Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon wherever you are and I'll see you in the next episode.